everyone, and welcome to The Insatiable Appetite, a podcast for people who are in the serious business of food, making it, marketing it, selling it, serving it, and eating it too. I'm David Wright, Senior Manager of Marketing at the Hartman Group, and we're very fortunate today to have with us Jay Jacobowitz, President and Founder of Retail Insights, a professional consulting service for natural products retailers established in 1998. With over 40 years of wholesale and retail industry experience, Jay has assisted in developing over 1,000 successful natural products retail stores in the U.S. and abroad. Jay is an author, educator, and speaker, and as the merchandising editor of Whole Foods Magazine, he writes Merchandising Insights and Tip of the Month. We should also mention Jay has been a thoughtful friend and reader of the Hartman Group's intellectual comments over the past 20 years. Jay, it's great to be connecting with you today. Thanks, David. It's great to be here. So, Jay, maybe we could start out today highlighting a recent merchandising column you wrote for Whole Foods Magazine, which, to clarify, is the industry publication for natural retailers and not a publication of Whole Foods Market. In this uh, article, you outlined some of the history of wellness retailing and made some really thought-provoking observations about some of the strengths that independent natural retailers have today, even in the midst of widespread mainstreaming of wellness and marketing and merchandising, which we say see today in nearly all channels of retail. And of course, the pandemic has pushed all of wellness re- retailing forward fairly dramatically. Can you describe a little bit about what inspired you to write that column? Actually, what inspired me, David, was shopping in uh, a good legacy independent natural products retailer in the Boston area. I had spent some time in Boston this summer with my wife. And of course, you don't always bring everything with you. And so we find the closest independent health food retailer. And walking in, I was struck by the immediate sense of calm, the great smelling air, the lighting, and then as I browsed the shelves, I found myself ooing and eyeing over products that I hadn't yet seen that appealed to me and that I wanted to try. And so what I realized, there was this multifaceted experience that was coming at me, sight, sound, smell, and actual tangibles like the products that added up to something more than just the individual parts. And it's not unique to that store. It it is something that takes place in plenty of independent natural products retailers, the best ones around the country, as it's done for decades. And so that's what inspired me to write the column in September for Whole Foods Magazine to talk about this durability of the business model. And uh, I think it is a a reality. I think the best independents who are meticulous and careful about all those elements, selecting products and making sure the presentation is correct. And then I guess the icing on the cake is knowledgeable, outer-focused staff that is nutritionally aware, empathetic, and willing and empowered to engage with consumers who come in 
looking for whatever it is that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And that flowed into some thoughts about the history of the industry and the trajectory of, of retail. Well, right. This is one of our favorite topics at the Hartman Group. We've been writing about this, Jay, for over 20 years. So it was wonderful to see you describing these aspects and kind of allowing the reader to reflect back on those positive aspects of brick and mortar, natural retailing. You know, these aspects of store design, sensory experience, knowledgeable staff, authentic natural products. You know, all of these authentic experiences from the part of physical shopping still represent an advantage in an era where a lot of conversation gets focused on online shopping and virtual shopping these days. You know, all these discussions about the shift consumers undertook during COVID and taking advantage of omni-channel services, click and collect. It's an interesting time because consumers have gone through so much. And we know from our own research that they're using online services much more but they've indicated over and over that they would like to return to stores, to physical shopping, especially high experience stores. So we think it's kind of wonderful that you highlighted that there is still this vibrant channel um, and what it offers in terms of authentic experiences. Yeah, that's true. And uh, what happened during the pandemic, David, was there was out of necessity a rush to food stores mostly conventional supermarkets because they have the largest footprint in the country, where shoppers came in looking for immune support to protect themselves. To They were cooking at home, so there was the lockdowns and they weren't going out. So they were reverting to cooking at home. And there were a number of silver lining benefits about that, right? They got to cook together as a family, eat together as a family. Parents often expressed that they learned something more about their kids and you know, tightened up those relationships. But what they were doing in terms of what they were shopping for were those items that would help them be resilient, would help them boost immunity. And one of the most fascinating uh, things is the Food Marketing Institute's 2021 uh, supermarket report, which I'm sure you're familiar with, um, indicated that in 2019, less than half of supermarket managers managements had health and wellness initiatives in their stores either for their employees or for their customers less than half 2021 so post pandemic 84% said that they had health and wellness initiatives for their employees and for their customers and so that's a 70% increase that's a huge swath of the consuming public that to my mind is now more directly exposed to health-based products and and that naturally flows into natural and organic. And I think it occurs to me that what's going to happen is something that happened uh, similar to what happened in 1980, in the 1980s when natural products began showing up on supermarket shelves for the first time. I don't know if you, you remember or if others listening in remember, but in 1980, you could not get yogurt in a supermarket. It was strictly a health food item. Right. And uh, although it was popular in the rest of the world, in Europe and, you know, from ancient times, U.S. consumers were not exposed to it, were not familiar with it. And that began the flow of natural products into supermarkets. The supermarkets were realizing, hey, this is, this is more than just a fad. We need to be on top of the product selection here in terms of natural and organic. And at the time, I was in wholesale uh, natural products retailing, and I was getting heat 
from my independent retail customers who were upset with me for providing these natural products to conventional supermarkets. They were saying, hey, you know, you're you're not being loyal to the founding founders of the industry. But a funny thing happened about six months later, 12 months later, sales in the independents grew. Yes. Grew rather dramatically. And right. The reason was, was that new exposure in the supermarkets of a whole swath of the consuming public that had not considered natural or organic before. And I believe there is a similar situation analogous today that that shift from fewer than half of supermarkets having health and wellness initiatives to 84% of them having wellness initiatives that we're again going to see that group, new group of consumers who, you know what? I hadn't thought about natural organic as closely as I am now. Let me find my way to more particularly uh, relevant products for me that I can find in an independent natural products retailer. And I think that wave of shoppers is going to find its way into independent retailers. Independent retailers would be wise to go ahead and market directly to them thoughtfully and methodically, but I think it's going to happen. Right. It's fascinating. I mean, elderberry spiked as a product that people were much more interested in for immunity purposes during the pandemic. I was in a Walmart recently and an entire end cap was devoted to elderberry products. You know, these were formerly just reserved for core wellness consumers, but they started appearing more and more in mass channels. And now that's commonplace today, just like in the late 1990s when we saw the explosion of organics into the mainstream. During the pandemic, we've seen a significant increase in consumers specifically looking for functional beverages with targeted benefits. You know, people have been pursuing things like vitamin D, elderberry, a lot of things that are well known for immunity benefits. And a lot of this has, it's amazing how far it's spread into the mainstream. But this has been going on for over 20, 20 years. And to your point about yogurt, you know, you go to the yogurt category now and we're seeing plant-based products there. So the opportunity for mainstream consumers to experiment with a lot of wellness products is, is really kind of amazing now. And I think you're right. The experts in retail in natural products channels, it's only expanded for them. It, it's expanded the scope of business for them. One of the things that you highlighted in your column was the notion that natural retailers and specialty stores can function as a kind of antidote to the negative effects, effects of the pandemic and the stress that consumers are under. And you even use this nice phrase uh, that they can function as an oasis for wellness. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because, you know, I think we've certainly seen a lot of first-rate supermarket operators that have embraced wellness, ranging from central markets to Wegmans to Whole Foods and many others, a metropolitan market in Seattle, PCC markets. I think you mentioned one of the most important strengths was this knowledge that these employees had. How do you see that? Is that something that's a major strength going forward? Yeah, absolutely it is, David. As I think about it, I think about the idea of a distillation or an essence. If you go into a supermarket, yes, you can get elderberry. You can get almost anything that you might find uh, in the core of the natural organic assortment that's in independent health food stores in supermarkets. But it's within a larger context that maybe it only makes up 5, 10, 15 percent, 20 percent of the assortment in con conventional supermarkets. And so the it's dilute in that sense. And it's uh, its its positioning is not with the with the honor and respect 
and uh, importance. Uh, so you're getting all the conventional brands and the not so good for you foods um, outweighing the assortment in conventional supermarkets. Whereas if you go into an independent natural products retail store, a specialty store, that is the essence. That's all they have. And then you add to that the knowledgeable staff that's empathetic and it's, is empowered to engage you in a conversation about your health specifically. That's an entirely different experience. Right. I mean, if you compare, say, the, the Walmart that I mentioned, the NCAP, it's really just a bunch of surrounded by a bunch of OTC products and an, and an expanded selection of vitamins and supplements, but they're mainly Walmart's brand. And, you know, there's nothing exceptional about the selection of the depth of the products there. So it had a kind of fad feeling to it. And, you know, this notion of who the experts in wellness retailing are, it seems, you know, I'm thinking of Fairway Market in New York. They tried a big expansion, and that wasn't as much about premium retailing as it was about wellness retailing. But this notion going forward, it certainly seems like a huge opportunity for the grocery stores, but it seems like the natural retailers have a lot to teach them. Yeah. Um, did anybody approach you in Walmart to help you? <laughs> No, no one approached me, but there was a pharmacist behind a very large glass panel. So it's 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 an entirely different experience. And the fairway experience, yeah, that was a that was an expansion play with equity investors. And uh, you know, the the first couple of fairway stores that uh, you know on Broadway uh, were amazing experiences. Yes, they were yeah. hundreds of feet of organic produce, incredible, beautifully right. displayed. And, of course, it didn't play in the suburbs quite the same way. Yeah, that's right, Jay. That's an interesting example of this idea of expanding premium retail. This aspect you mentioned that's really interesting about grocery stores, you know, expanding their wellness services. They're also focusing on employee wellness and customer wellness, as well as aspects of sustainability. Do you think it's just as common that natural products retailers have approached thinking about things like customer wellness and employee wellness? Have they been ahead on that curve or what's your take on that? In a sense, it was easier because wasn't it inherent in the model? The model, I mean, many of the folks who started these stores actually came to natural and organic out of their own personal health concerns. Right. And they, and they had remedies and they got help from these products. So it's always been uh, intrinsic in, in the model that people that own these stores, people that work in these stores, are health-centered and they're, they're, they're thinking about it. So when, and think about the pandemic, when, when the lockdowns hit and when the fear was in the society and the, the, the transmission rate was spiking, those employees were on the front lines because health food stores saw a surge of business, a surge in customers coming in to look for immune products and asking about resilience. They were asking basic questions, you know, what kind of multivitamin should I take? How do I protect my health? And so the aspect of being exposed to the public at large in a very high risk time in terms of health drove home the importance of protecting the workforce, even though it was always in the nature of the business anyway. So sure. I, I think, yes, I think, you know, on the, on the, in the other channels, the conventional and supermarket channels, it was kind of, it was more, uh-oh, we better do something about this now uh, 
in independent health food stores and specialty stores, it was, we've been doing it all along. Sure. What do you think about conventional retailers really upping their game on digital services? You know, their partnerships with Instacart, their own services, click and collect, online grocery ordering. How do you think smaller specialty retailers and natural products retailers will adapt to the expectations of a certain part of food culture where people are getting more accustomed to just ordering online? How do you think they're adapting to that? It's the question of the day, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, and I think the the answer lies in the conversation that consumers want, that shoppers need, that people interested in their particular health for themselves and their families, they want to engage with a knowledgeable person in uh, an environment that is authentic. Yeah. So that's that's the difference when we think about the other channels. Look, I, I often think about uh, uh, loyalty programs. You have the, you know, on your key fob, a little discount, you know, yeah. barcode. And, uh, well, everybody has one of those. Right. Everybody is using uh, delivery services and everybody's doing click and collect. So it's not a differentiator. Yes. But what they're not doing is actually installing highly paid, highly knowledgeable empathetic staff that's empowered to engage in this health conversation. And that's a major difference. Sure. Well, you know, you and I, we were having an earlier conversation prior to this one, and we were comparing thoughts on the interesting complexity of younger shoppers these days, right? They've grown up in a digital world. They have premium premium expectations for food and beverage. That carries over into retail. And they also really seem to enjoy authentic premium experiences of a place like a natural retailer. And they have a very interesting sense of humor. They're nostalgic. They like iconic, iconic things. So it's difficult to portray them in any one way. They're very brand diverse. But I know just from my own exposure to millennials and Gen Y kids that they love the kind of experience that natural retailers offer. What do you think about that? Do you think that's how that what's going to happen going forward? Yeah, you use the term nostalgia, right? But if somebody, if a young person who uh, didn't know uh, the world pre-digital, uh, they can't actually be nostalgic for something because it's not something they ever experienced. What, what I think about more is authenticity. Sure. You, can, you can sniff, just the way you can w- walk into an independent retailer and smell the comfrey in the bulk bins. And right. There's there's this particular atmosphere that just smacks of authenticity. You yes. when you see it, when you're when you're immersed in it. And so rather than nostalgia, I think it actually uh, goes to a, a deeper sort of a need for that authenticity. Uh, and for actually socialization for for the people surrounding that, because it's not just the products, right? Sure, sure. It's, it's the people and the experience, the conversation. Right. And and I think we are social animals, yeah? Right, right. And you mentioned those original fairway stores in New York City and those experiences of being in them when they were full of people. The smell was very exciting. The sensory experience is almost like sensory overload. And I think among shoppers who have those experience in food retail, it was very authentic. And, you know, going forward, 
some of the deprivation that consumers have undergone, you know, locked up at home, can't go to restaurants to socialize, don't have food court experiences, and they, they don't even get to sort of aimlessly browse anymore. And that was a big part of going to the grocery store or stores that offered food and beverage. And if you think of those deprivations, there's certainly a lot of pent-up demand for consumers moving forward to get back to the stores. We've seen a tremendous focus on hygiene and these utilitarian trips during the pandemic. And hopefully, with things improving, they can get back to have more positive experiences. And as you mentioned, there's this kind of community feeling, the community meaning how grocery stores function as a social gathering place. And instead of everyone being really concerned with wearing masks or getting sick from the store, it's much more enjoyable. Yeah, David, there's, um, I think, a, a sense among the retailing channels to reduce friction, to make convenience, so, you know, self-checkout stands and so Yes, yeah. Uh, to go digital, to get your, your uh, food and, and groceries uh, and other things, you know, uh, convenience store items, pharmacy items, all from the same delivery person in a half an hour. There's, there's this idea that we, we want to take the time out of the experience. We want to reduce friction. But you know what? I really think about it on a species level. We're pack animals, right? We want to we want to rub elbows, right? We like to hug. We need to have that close contact, yeah. And you don't get that digitally, and it's the opposite of taking friction out of the shopping experience. And I think that that actually is what underlies the strength ongoing of brick and mortar, uh, really forever. As long as it's done well, as long as you're diligent as a brick-and-mortar retailer and doing your job and paying attention and staying dynamic and, and, and checking all the boxes that we talked about from the place, the people, and the product, then you will actually have a quite, quite a bright future. And, in fact, we saw that, and we have seen it, and we continue to see it with the best independent and specialty retailers who – are continuing to, to stack uh, mid to high single digit, low double digit gains on top of the double digit gains that they had last year in 2020 when the pandemic was spiking. Right. I think that's a wonderful point, Jay. And I really appreciate that you wrote this column. It was a great reminder of why people enjoy shopping and the various experiences that they can benefit from. And there's just this tremendous interest among consumers in functional products, shopping for immunity and wellness, and all these topics relate. This has been a great conversation. I hope we can continue in on some of the topics we've picked up on here going forward. It's been great having you as a reader and commentator for the past 20 years at the Hartman Group, and I hope we can do some more of this. It's great to have your thoughts today. Thank you, David. I'd love to. Okay, well, great. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for calling in. Take care.